This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Outside of the British Isles, there's perhaps one geographical area more than any other with which Liverpool Football Club have incredibly strong ties. You may think of Germany, the homeland of Jurgen Klopp, even Africa with both Mohamed Salah and Sadio Mane hailing from the continent. Or what about Brazil, from where both Alison Becker and Roberto Firmino grew up. Whilst they all deserve honourable mentions, for generations, Scandinavia has been obsessive about all things Liverpool FC, dating back through players such as Jan Mulby, Sammy Herpia, John Arna Risa and Daniel Agger. Perhaps above all, though, it's Risa's homeland of Norway, which is most commonly tied to Anfield. I'm Guy Clark. Welcome to the Blood Red podcast as we take a closer look at Liverpool, Norway and a country re-emerging at the elite level of the game, courtesy of two players in particular. Well, rather than focus specifically on the links between the country and the Reds, we'll be focusing on two of the country's young, precocious talents in Martin Odegaard and Erling Haaland, two players who even in their formative years have shaped the European football narrative at various times. We'll hear from Norwegian football expert Jorn Henriksen Sherpa, former Norway international come broadcaster Jan Anger Fjertoft, as well as Red Bull Salzburg boss Jesse Marsh, who of course oversaw Erling Haaland's rapid rise prior to signing with German giants Borussia Dortmund. Before we get into all of that though, alongside me for this Norwegian special here on Blood Red is our Blood Red writer Matt Addison. Matt, how are you? Yeah, very good, thanks. It's a really interesting topic to be getting into. I've got lots of family over in Norway. It's something that I'm really interested in and as you say, it's that sort of stereotypical thing, isn't it? We always sort of talk about, you know, the Norwegian fans and that sort of thing. But you know, there is a, a real genuine link between Liverpool and, and Norway. And it, it's not something that we always get the time to, to dis- discuss and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I think sort of pre-season is an ideal time to, to dip into that. And at the moment, as we're going to go into, there's just so many Norwegian starlets and a real solid group of players coming through. There's, there's no real better time to do that. No, and of course, prior to the lockdown, they were on the verge of qualifying for Euro 2020, a first major tournament, well, in a generation. And it is, as you say, an exciting time. And perhaps being led at the forefront of that is two players we're going to talk about in Erling Haaland, of course, and and Martin Odegaard. Yeah, particularly Martin Odegaard is, is one that I've kept an eye on for a long, long time. I think sort of Erling Haaland sort of came out a little bit of the blue for, for anybody who was not really, you know, really following Norwegian football, but certainly Martin Odegaard, obviously now at Real Madrid, he's been out on loan a couple of times, but he is, you know, he's still very, very young, still 21 and, and still very much a, a player that should be, you know, being looked out for. So yeah, he's someone, as I know we're, we're going to go into who Liverpool have, have looked at in the past. I believe he was a, a Liverpool fan growing up and things like that. So again, you know, it's just another link, really, between Norway and Liverpool. And, you know, even though he didn't end up signing for Liverpool, I'm sure at some point down the line, those rumours will resurface because, you know, he's he's just such a good player. And there's, there's every reason to think that he will one day end up in the Premier League. And if he does, a move to Anfield seems to make the most sense. 
Yeah, and all the talk at the moment, of course, when you think of Norwegian football superstars, is all around Haaland, and quite rightly so. He's had an unbelievable breakout season. Martin Odegaard, though, when I was looking and researching it for the pod and for our chat, I see now he's only still 21 years of age, and, and yet it seems so long ago that he was being spoken about as this young talent, as perhaps the next big thing after Messi and Ronaldo move on. We've seen, obviously, in recent times with their eliminations from the Champions League this season, that maybe we are reaching that time, that he could have perhaps been in that group of players to step up. Maybe not quite happened at the rate that people thought, but there is still plenty of reason why people should be excited about Odegaard, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. As you say, he's sort of almost been around forever now, hasn't he? And yet he's still only 21. I remember seeing him back in, I think, early 2014. I went to, to watch Strömskötze in Norway, where he uh, used to play. And, and he was, you know, obviously only 15 at the time. He was one of the best players on the pitch, if not the best. And you could just see, you know, technically he was by far and away the, the best player. And, you know, they are one of the better teams in Norway in, in the top division. So it's not like, you know, a real low-key game or anything like that. So, look, every top club in, in Europe wanted him, rightly so. Liverpool were, were one of those. I believe he, he sort of toured Bayern Munich's Sabanastrasse uh, training ground. He came to Melwood. He, he trained with Liverpool at, at one time under Brendan Rodgers. And, you know, that was no surprise really at the time because, you know, even at the age of 15, the world's media were, were looking at him. I think when I was there, there was another journalist from the Daily Mail who was there at, at the time. I know Dominic King wrote, several pieces on him at, at the time with Liverpool's links and that sort of thing. So, you know, the, the fact that Real Madrid ended up getting him, I think, you know, was a, a slight surprise in that he was a Liverpool fan. Liverpool were the favourites at the time. But, yeah, he's just such a good player and, and still only 21. He can continue to get better and better. I think sometimes we sort of look at, at players who get to 21 and, and think they should already be the finished product because, you know, people like Harvey Elliott, for example, at the moment is is still... You know, very young at Liverpool, you look at someone like Kylian Mbappe, who's been around for ages and is a similar sort of age. But it's not always the case that that, that sort of thing happens. Sometimes you do have to wait a couple of extra years. And, and certainly for someone like him, who is you know, very technically gifted, but you know, at the age of 15, he was never going to be physically as strong as the rest of those players on that pitch. So, look, it, it helps the players develop in terms of tactics, in terms of technique, if they're not quite as, as well-built or, you know, blessed with certain uh, sort of physical um, attributes. But, you know, just because those are not there at the age of 15 doesn't mean they're not going to grow into that. And I think we are starting to, to see that with Odegaard at the moment. Yeah, and of course, we mentioned his age and still only 21. Real Madrid, he's been on their books now for well, what is it, four or five years now that he's been there, been obviously in Castilla, he's been out on loan at Sociedad. That was meant to be a, a two-year loan deal, but a lot of talk that Zinedine Zidane likes what he sees and he wants to bring him back and integrate him into the first team. And you mentioned, obviously, the links to Liverpool. Zidane, of course, playing a, a key role in his decision in the end to go to Madrid. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at the time, a phone call from Zidane was sort of the, the deciding factor. I think, you know, at, at the time... He was obviously the, the manager of Real Madrid's B team. And I think that was the key reason really why Liverpool and, and Bayern Munich and, and Arsenal and one or two other teams missed out on him because you know there was a really good chance for him to go and, and develop um, and play in a, a B team. They obviously play in you know the, the pyramid over in Spain. What are the second division? I think Real Madrid's B team. So you know, that was obviously far more beneficial than Martin Odegaard coming into to Liverpool's under-23s, for example. It's you know just a, a completely 
different system over in Spain. And I think that's what tipped the balance towards him at, at the time. So, yeah, I think obviously Zidane was a huge fan of him at the time. He played a, a crucial role. I think he got a, a fair few assists in that first season under Zidane. Zidane's then progressed and, and done really well as, as Real Madrid's first team manager. So it sort of makes sense that that relationship would continue. And I think, you know, the, the, the loan deal to, to Real Sociedad was wasn't an initial one-year loan. I think they had an option then to, to potentially go back and, and have a second one. So he's not quite been recalled, but you know, the, there's no doubt that he's ready now to, to go into that Real Madrid team and, and make a real difference because you know he was one of Real Sociedad's best players. I think they ended up certainly in and around the Champions League places. I can't quite remember off the top of my head whether they finished fourth or not in the end, but you know they were, were right up there and he was a, a crucial reason for that. So you know, he, he's, he's shown himself at, at the top end of, of La Liga, one of the most competitive leagues in the world that he can can go in and do that. So, yeah, look, he's he's been such a, a key man. I think seven goals, eight assists in 28 appearances for, for Sociedad this season. You can understand really exactly why Real Madrid want him to come back. And yeah, you just hope for, for his development that he comes back and, and gets lots of game time rather than just being there to sort of build up the numbers on the bench. And he's a player who, even though Liverpool maybe missed out on him first time around, he has stayed on the radar. And uh, I suppose you can tell us all about sort of the, the connections that Liverpool and the links that have been made from Liverpool towards Martin Odegaard ever since sort of that first interest emerged. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we know for a fact that Liverpool are, are a team that scout very extensively. We know that they track players, even if, you know, for example, Lloyd Kelly last summer was one that they looked at. They then went back and, and had another look this summer. So you wouldn't be surprised if that was to happen with him again. And it's a similar sort of thing, really, with Martin Odegaard as well. It's, you know, obviously a player that they knew was hugely influential for his team in Norway. They saw that progress in, in a similar sort of way to, to Seth Vandenberg, really. He was playing first team football over in Holland you know he was sort of almost an average player in Holland at that time but when you factor in the fact the, the fact that he was only what 16 at, at the time now 17 you know you can sort of really see that potential and yeah I mean last year um, Vitesse Arnhem in the Netherlands he'd been uh, Martin Odegaard had, had been out on loan there Leonard Slutsky the, the manager there suggested that Liverpool were, were one of those who were interested in him last summer. Um, Ajax were interested. Uh, I think pretty sure that, that Ajax made a 20 million euros bid at, at the time by Leverkusen, of course, uh, were interested as well. Julian Brandt, Kai Havertz have all come through that system. So, yeah, there was plenty of, uh, of teams interested. We believe that, that Liverpool were potentially interested um, as well in a permanent deal, though. It wouldn't have been a, a loan deal, of course. And I think that was the sort of reason that that, not, that never really gained any traction because, you know, Real Madrid never intended to sell him. They only ever wanted him to go out on loan because, you know, as I say, they, you know, even though he sort of slipped off plenty of, of people's radar, Real Madrid, Zinedine Zidane were, were still absolutely convinced that he is a player who has a huge future ahead of him. So, look, Liverpool were interested last summer. You'd imagine they'd be interested in the future understandably, you know, Martin Odegaard wants to, to stay at Real Madrid for the moment. But, you know, when he moved there, when, what, he was 16 at the time, realistically, is he going to stay at Real Madrid for the entirety of his career, which could, you know, go on for, for maybe 18 or so years? It's probably unlikely, specifically at, at Real Madrid. So you'd imagine there's another move in him um, at some point further down the line. And you'd, again, imagine that, that Liverpool would be 
one of the teams who are interested because you know it, it certainly seems to make sense. Yeah, and I suppose we we began this podcast by talking about the links with Norway and and Liverpool and the Scandinavian stars that Liverpool have had through the past. And of course, Trent Alexander is the scouser in the team, but at the moment there isn't a Scandinavian in the side. So maybe in the future it could be Martin Odegaard or maybe it could be somebody else. We'll have to wait and see. We've got plenty of guests coming up, Matt, but I suppose you for one will be keeping an eye on everything that may happen between Liverpool and Norwegian stars in the future. Yeah, absolutely. There's just so many of them to, to look out for. I know there's been a, a few in the Premier League over the years. Martin Odegaard, I'm sure, will end up there at some point. Erling Haaland as well, you'd imagine, uh, been linked with with plenty of teams. You'd imagine that he will get a move uh, from Borussia Dortmund at some point. So there's there's no guarantees that, that Liverpool will end up with any of these stars, but it's certainly something to, to keep an eye on. I mean, you know, for a time it felt inevitable that Christian Pulisic would end up at, at Liverpool for example that never quite happened it, it sort of feels similar to this so we'll uh, we'll have to, to keep an eye on you know just whether that happens or not at some point you know in, in the coming years but look whether it's Martin Odegaard Erling Haaland or, or anyone else there's certainly a, a generation of, of Norwegian footballers I think to, to keep an eye on and certainly one or two of those will end up in the Premier League and given where Liverpool are at the moment given the position that they're in You'd imagine they'll be one of the leading contenders. Yeah, you certainly would. Well, you mentioned Erling Haaland there and his rise perhaps over the uh, last 15 months or so has been one of the most meteoric rises in world football since, of course, he plundered nine goals for Norway in a World Cup under-20 game, a 12-0 win over Honduras back in May 2019. From there, with eight goals in the Champions League group stage, including a hat-trick on his competition debut, followed up with one at Anfield last October, he quite simply became the hottest property in European football. But was he always set for such a rapid rise? Well, Matt caught up with Norwegian football expert Jorn Henriksen Skjapa to find out more. Obviously, he uh, he's, he got his uh, debut uh, at a very young age at his hometown uh, hometown club Brune, and uh, he really uh, <laughs> he really went on from there, uh, going to to Molde first, uh, really making an impression at Molde under uh, Solskjaer, uh, doing really well at youth levels uh, for the national team and. Uh, Obviously, moving on to uh, to Salzburg, and uh, then uh, the very uh, big move to to Dortmund, which has worked out really well for him so far. Yeah, I mean, he's obviously been brilliant this season for for Salzburg and then for Dortmund as well. I mean, yeah. how surprised were you that he moved away from Salzburg quite as quickly as he did? Actually, I don't think uh, a lot of people were that surprised given uh, his performances. You know, he, uh, he did so well for them in Austria and uh, also uh, in Europe. So I think it was just a matter of time. Uh, all the specu- speculation surrounding him as well. Um, uh, people maybe thinking he was going to the Premier League. But so far, Dortmund has... Uh, Really worked out for him. I spoke briefly yesterday with uh, Dirk Krampy. He's the sports editor of the local newspaper in, in Dortmund. And he's been uh, amazed by what he's done in such a, a short time already. The fans are loving him. The club loves him. Uh, but I think uh, they feel at, at some point he will move on. Maybe not. Uh, maybe next year already. 
all the clubs are, are following him, the big clubs. So it will be really interesting to see what happens there. The speculation is all uh, already started, obviously. Yeah, definitely. He's been linked with a move to the Premier League. I mean, just quickly on his time in Germany so far. I mean, have you been shocked that it, it didn't really take any time for him to settle? He just came in and and sort of looked like he'd been there forever, didn't he? Yeah, he's really hit the ground running. And, uh, you know, the kind of player he is, uh, the physical kind of player he is, powerful, uh, fast, strong, uh, kind of a poacher instinct, uh, I think. You were kind of expecting uh, him to to succeed from the get-go. And obviously he has a great supporting cast around him. If you can call players like Sancho and Brandt and Hazard that, you know, it's it's a great setup for him. Attacking team, perfect. Do you think he'd suit the Premier League then? Do you think he would settle just as quickly in the Premier League as, as what he has in Germany? Uh, difficult to say, obviously, but he has... The kind of physical traits to succeed, I would, I would say. Um, if you look at players like Harry Kane and uh, Drogba Lukaku, those kinds of players with a similar size to him, uh, I think uh, there's uh, many similarities there. And uh, obviously, he's young. He's got uh, a huge potential, a lot of time to develop. So... I think definitely uh, he would have have a big chance to succeed there. And I saw uh, Jan Agafjortov, the former uh, Swindon and Middlesbrough striker, now an expert with uh, uh, German TV, Norwegian TV. He said that he will probably move to uh, the Premier League at some point. And uh, Dirk Krampy, as I mentioned, uh, the, the local sports editor over there, he says that uh, he will move probably within two years. And obviously with uh, Mino Raiola as an agent, there's always going to be a lot of speculation about that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, do you think he'd be a good player maybe for, for Liverpool? Do you think he would fit into to Liverpool's system under Jurgen Klopp? Uh, well, I think he would probably fit in everywhere. So uh, obviously Firmino has a kind of specific role uh, in the Liverpool side now, but... Uh, yeah, as I said, with the physical qualities, uh, the goal-scoring qualities, any team would would uh, need him. Yeah, definitely. And and moving on a, a little bit then to, to Martin Odegaard as well, obviously now at, at Real Madrid. I mean, he's sort of gone off the radar a little bit for, for most people since he made the move over to Spain, but there's still big hope for him in Norway, isn't there? Yeah, absolutely. He, he had a bit of a rough patch first at the B team in, in Madrid and then uh, he got his move fortunately to uh, his loan move to uh, Holland uh, doing well at Herrenfan first and then uh, doing even better at the test and now uh, doing really really well at uh, Real Sociedad uh, there's obviously been speculation about him going back to Madrid uh, next season already but uh I saw an interview with the sporting director uh, earlier this week in Sociedad that they hope to. They're positive they, that he will stay on also next season. So that will be interesting to follow. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to, to see how much game time he plays there. Do you think he made the right move when he went to Real Madrid? I think there's a lot of different opinions on that. You know, he uh, obviously didn't play 
for the first team. I don't think he expected to, uh, but he, um, yeah, he didn't, uh, he didn't play perhaps as, as well as he would have liked for Castilla and maybe he wasn't, uh, in a perfect shape there, but, um, when he finally went to, to Holland, he found a team that suited him, two teams, and uh, did really well and continued his development. And uh, uh, before Christmas, he was in a, such a great form for, for Sociedad, so uh, he's, he's taking big steps, it, it seems. Yeah, definitely. I mean, let's just say maybe uh, three, four, five years down the line, maybe he's played for Real Madrid for a little bit. Do you think the the next step would be the Premier League potentially for him after that? <laughs> That's uh, an interesting question. Difficult to say. Uh, also, uh, being at Real Madrid, many would argue that you know that's the biggest club in the world. So, uh, but you know, the Premier League is the Premier League. It's always going to be uh, a, fasc- a fascination, fascination for that, and uh, especially for Norwegian players. So you can never rule it out, but uh, difficult to predict. Yeah, I mean, just a, a last one on, on Odegaard. I mean, I know he is, well, he certainly grew up as a Liverpool fan. Was it a slight surprise that maybe he went to Real Madrid rather than, than Liverpool when he made that move? Or, or was that not really something that got talked about much? I think it was talked about a little bit, but uh, I don't think that played a big part in his decision, uh, his father's decision, so was probably the allure of uh, Madrid that uh, <laughs> that finally uh, did it for him. Yeah, of course. I mean, he's he's part of a, a generation, really, of Norwegian players coming through the system at the moment. He's not just, not just those two that we've spoken about, but plenty of others as well. I mean, how much excitement is there in Norway at the moment about, you know, this, this group of players? Because, you know, there's a, a real promising group of, of talents coming through the system, isn't there? Absolutely, yeah. There's uh, Christopher Ayer at Celtic, for example, Sander Berge now at Sheffield United. So uh, there's a big, big excitement. Obviously, Norway hasn't uh, qualified for a big European tournament since 2000, so it's about time, about time now. And uh, a lot of people were probably uh, very disappointed in March when the uh, Norway-Serbia match was postponed uh, due to the, to the virus because uh, there was really a feeling of uh, this is the this is the year finally we we can qualify again so uh but so the the players are young the up and coming players are young so uh there's every chance um, a lot of excitement definitely and uh, looking ahead to the the european championships you mentioned that uh, yeah. game with serbia how sort of excited for that and, and how Sort of, uh, how likely do you think it is that that Norway will get through that playoff? I think the feeling in Norway is that we are uh, the favourites in that game, and if we beat Serbia, then uh, it's Scotland or Israel in the the final game. So I think with the players we've mentioned already, uh, and also more seasoned veterans like Joshua King uh, and uh, Omar Abdullahi. Uh, there's every uh, every chance that we can uh, make it. So uh, there's a positive feel, uh, but obviously uh, diff- difficult, difficult, uh, different times. 
with the coronavirus and the consequences of that. So um, we'll see when the game gets played, you know. Yeah, of course, of course. And then just to, to finish then, is there anybody else that we should be looking at? I know we've we've talked about Odegaard and, and Holland. Is there anybody else that, you know, maybe fans in, in England should be looking out for in Norway? Uh, yeah, if, if you might have heard about Matthias Norman, for example. He played briefly with Brighton now in uh, Russian football. He's uh, a great, exciting talent. Uh, and you got uh, Leo Astigard, for example. Uh, there's there's a few talents also in Norway uh, coming through, but uh, the guys that we've already mentioned are obviously the high-profile ones. Uh, and uh, one, uh, I work in uh, Dagsavisen in in Oslo, and one player to to look out for here is uh, Odin. Thiago Holm, uh, who's been followed by Juventus for a long time. So there's a lot of excitement around him in, in Valranga. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Well, as we've already heard earlier on, Liverpool were very close to signing Odegaard when he left Norway back in 2015, only for the lure of Real Madrid and notably Zinedine Zidane to pull him to the Spanish capital. A man with a unique perspective and insight into how that deal unfolded is former Norwegian forward and now-renowned broadcaster Jan Angerfjortov, who, speaking with Matt Addison, recalls how the deal played out. I had uh, Martin Odegaard and his father in my living room uh, we were sitting, uh, and as you say, in Liverpool, uh, I think they were the favourites of the family. They were a favourite team. Uh, but I think at the time when he w- w- were to decide that, I, th- I think sometimes in Europe we are a, a bit too eager to, to get the players to be on top when they are 17 or 18. What we've learned from American sport is that you are late bloomers, they are early bloomers. Where, uh, and the way he has turned in now in Spain, he's playing fantastic now with Real Sociedad, still owned by Real Madrid. They extended his contract. And at that time, I think he made the right decision. And it was quite, I think it's in my world, it was quite simple because he wouldn't go into any first team at that moment. He could train with first teams, but he had to go where he could play most football. And Real Madrid had a second team. Uh, Real Madrid was the second team of Real Madrid at that time, was coached by uh, a guy called Zinedine Zidane. Sure. We, uh, so... But for me, at that time, when I gave him advice and talked to him about it, I think that was all to see where could he develop best at the moment. Both Liverpool, um, Bayern Munich, Arsenal, they didn't have a second team that was competitive enough at that time. and uh, So that, that's, that's why he went to uh, Real Madrid, had a couple of years in Holland. And now I'm so proud and I'm so respecting what he's doing now in Sociedad. He's one of the best midfielders in La Liga. And we'll just see how long it will take before uh, before Real Madrid take him back. Do you think there's a chance that at some point further down the line, maybe after he's had a few seasons at Real Madrid, he could maybe move on again and maybe we might see him in the Premier League at some stage? I think basically all Norwegians want to, uh, want to play in England. I mean, with our connection to English football. We would love to to uh, to play there. So yeah, I can see that happening. But he's now so close to Real Madrid, so uh, Real Sociedad could come into sensationally come into Champions League now, and then we'll see. Uh, I think Martin is now 21 or something, uh, and Modric was 23 when he came to Real Madrid. So 
he's still a very young man and he's more nearly over 20 caps for Norway and he's very mature guy with a great great attitude so yeah I can see him end up wherever he wants to end up yeah I mean I, I remember watching him actually for Strömskötze I, I yeah. think that's uh, how you pronounce it yeah um, well. uh, he was uh, he was about 15 at the time and he was just the, the best player on the pitch it, it was incredible to watch really it was uh, certainly a player I've had my eye on for a while and, and likewise Erling Haaland as well uh, he's been yeah, I just want to say with Martin because the first time I saw him live <coughs> was for Strömskötze and uh, a friend of mine at that time worked in scouting uh, or recruiting uh, manager for Arsenal so he called me up and he said uh, Jan what do you know about Martin Ödegård I said well I know that the Ronnie Dyla that I know has said that he got a fantastic guy in, 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 the, in the youth teams and coincidentally the, the league starts tomorrow and I, I'm going to watch him because I'm going to the well, main stadium they play Volringen so I will call you then and tell you how I feel about him so I was looking at him at the warm-up uh, which is always good when you scout players and then I saw seven minutes of the game and then I called this Arsenal guy and I said this is it and exactly like you uh, we saw it straight away and I was the manager of uh, I had two years as a general manager of the national team and we took him into the national team when he was 15 and the reason we did that was that we wanted to so to say, get him under control. We wanted to speak to him. We wanted to set up a, a, a people around him that if if the family needed, they were around. And I remember the first press conference he gave, all the people about me, you know, 15-year-old in a national team. And I've, he answered better than a 30-year-old national player. So he's very mature. And same with Ali Holland, as you, you mentioned there. They have, uh, they have this love for football. They have this great attitude. These are not, uh, at least now, uh, not uh, big tattoos or quick cars. They will probably come later, but it's not now. Um, always looking for areas where they can improve, uh, do the on and off the pitch. And Erling Haaland, I think the first time I saw him, uh, although I, I knew him through uh, Alfinger Haaland, his father who played for Leeds United and Manchester City, who I played with in the national team, so I knew about him, but the first time I saw him live, I think, was at Anfield when he came on. And, and I was amazed that this young kid created so much space for him. He scored one goal, but he could have three or four. He was like, unbelievable when he came on. And after the game, I, I interviewed Van Dijk, that I always like to interview because he's a, he's a gentleman. He knows what to say and blah, blah, blah. So I said, I have to ask you about, about the Norwegian Erling Holland. And then he just said, well, we won the game. Yeah, I know you won the game, but what do you think about him? Uh, and, uh, uh, well, we won, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then, uh, then I said, and then he said, yeah, but uh, I, I, I didn't see a lot of him. Uh, Van Dijk said he was a bit angry because I think there were some mistakes done. And then I, uh, my, I said, uh, well, I think it's a good sign for a striker when the central defender says he didn't see him. So, and then he just went away, Van Dijk. Uh, so... I was amazed when I saw the way he created space for himself. I've never seen, and how I define that is that he, he kind of creates the space that he wants the ball. His runs are unbelievable, kind of uh, wise or experienced the way he's doing it. And coming to Dortmund now, he got players who sees that, like Sancho or Hazard or Royce or Brandt. He got all those people around him and can put him in, in great positions. Yeah, I mean, 100%. He's just such a natural talent, isn't he? I mean, you mentioned that the first time you'd seen him live was was at Anfield. I mean, 
before that, was there much talk in Norway about this young striker that was coming through or, or was that really the moment for the whole country where they thought, actually, this is a real top quality, world-class player in the making, potentially? No, we knew because he came from Bruno uh, in the third league and he came to Molde at that time, the best club to develop young players. And they had a manager called Ole Gunnar Solskja. So he came there and he scored four goals for, uh, for Molde against Brandbergen. And I think that was his breakthrough in Norway. So we knew about him. Then he went to this uh, Youth European Championship or a World Championship when he scored nine. Uh, course, so we, we, knew, we knew that this was a, a great player. <clears throat> but we also knew that the, they have a team around him that always, like Martin Ödegård, looking for development. And that's why they went to Salzburg. They had great offers from, for example, the Juventus, and they still went there. The same thing they did now with Dortmund, uh, a club that is well known for creating young players into great players. And uh, yeah, and, he, and he's still 19, I guess. So uh, <laughs> will be a not a bad future. Yeah, he has a, a very, very high ceiling. And again, I asked you about Martin Odegaard potentially ending up in the Premier League. To me, it makes even more sense that, that Holland might move to England as well. I mean, do you think he'd be a good fit for, for Liverpool at some point down the line? Well, I think it would be a good fit for any club. Uh, uh, for you guys, is good, or Liverpool <laughs> good, that when he speaks about United, he speaks about Leeds United, not Manchester United, same as I do with Sheffield United, but, uh, 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 or Manchester City, where his dad played. But yeah, I think he will end up in England at some stage, uh, but we never know how... He's 19, and I think we should make a space for him to have four or five games, not scoring. We, we, we should be... Uh, we should uh, just wait and see how he's doing. I know he's at the right place now. Uh, I think that was a wise decision of of his team not to bring him to the Premier League now because although the Premier League is you can develop great players there as well, but I think it's for a 19-year-old at the moment it's better to to live in Dortmund than in than in Liverpool or Manchester United or in Manchester. Jan Anger Fjertov on the development and rise of Erling Haaland. Well, crucial, of course, to Haaland's development was his 12-month stay at Red Bull Salzburg. Having signed a five-year deal in January 2019, such was his rise. He only stayed one year prior to his £18 million move to Borussia Dortmund, then taking his game on further still, scoring 16 goals in just 18 appearances in the second half of the campaign. Now, speaking with the Blood Red podcast, Salzburg boss Jesse Marsh says Haaland has all the credentials needed to reach the very top. He's a very special talent, you know, and just when you take, if you were to just take his speed, explosiveness, size, power, technical ability, finishing ability, he would immediately be in the upper echelon of players in the world, right? And like whatever you want to consider that. But then when you also consider his tactical intelligence, his motivation, his discipline, his desire to improve and grow and work ethic, then, you, you know, the combination means that you have something very, very unique. Um, so, you know, and I think, I think this is, again, on, we're only scratching the surface of the potential for early. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, he'll continue to do well at Dortmund. I'm not sure, I'm not sure how long he'll be there before it'll be time for the next step for him as well. But he has potential to be one of the best players in the world, no doubt. In terms of that next step, then, do you think perhaps that could be the Premier League and, and maybe Liverpool? Again, it's another player that Liverpool would be very lucky to have. Um, it, again, won't be cheap. Um, 
but he he loves the he loves the explosive style of play. He loves being in open space and running behind defenses and and being aggressive in the box and and so it just by theory it fits the way that Liverpool plays and he he would be an incredible fit. Erling Haaland and Martin Odegaard then, two budding youngsters with the footballing world at their feet and a very exciting time indeed for Norwegian football. Could either or both perhaps move to Liverpool down the line? Well, we'll have to wait and see on that one. But should they? You know for sure there wouldn't be a shortage of fanfare to greet their arrival at Anfield. For now, though, like the rest of Europe, we'll have to sit back and see. But for now, here on the Blood Red podcast, thanks for your time and company. It's bye for now. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.